welcome to Dad Made, a podcast for creative dads. I am one of your hosts, Corey Miller. And uh, with me, I have a plausibly caffeinated Kyle Adams. How's it going, Kyle? Hello, I'm the other Dad Made. I am a maid who is a dad. Heck yeah. And are you caffeinated? Here's my coffee. Good. There you go. Now I don't feel so silly saying that you are plausibly caffeinated. It's, I feel like with you, it's a real like 98% sure, you know? That's true. I don't, I don't know if that's a good, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not to be known for that. I mean, there are worse things to be known for as having, uh, you know, a 98% chance of a condition that you are in currently because of a beverage you have consumed. True, true. So I think we can lean on the caffeinated for now. Okay. You know, yeah. the way I think about it is I can quit anytime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, well, we're going to move right on from that. But um, Kyle, uh, I want to just jump right into what we're talking about today because uh, I came up with the idea like 30 minutes ago, which is pretty normal. But it's actually something that I've been uh, thinking about a little bit more the last couple of weeks. And that's why it was on my mind. So I want to get into it and talk about it. Uh, and I know that we've got a little bit less time today than we usually do uh, for various other obligations and things. But I want to talk about like values and stuff. <laughs> that's what we're going to values and stuff. Values and stuff. And specifically, I'm I'm mostly curious about yourself, but I'm also curious in kind of doing some like personal introspection on values that were instilled into us as children that kind of carried on into our uh, creative adulthood and uh, and careers and things like that. Like what were things that our, our parents or other, you know, notable people in our life kind of passed on to us, either wisdom or ethic or, yeah, I guess values kind of covers all of that. But yeah, what did that, what did that look like for us? And um, kind of see... And then, and I, then I'm also interested in like, is that, are those things that we want to continue passing on, you know, are those things that were like valuable enough to us that we just decided, great, let's, um, let's go ahead and give that to, to pass that on to our, our kids. Yeah. I love this topic because I realized when you brought this topic up that we've talked a lot about what can we do now type thing and what can we do in the future we haven't really talked about the past. We haven't talked about yeah. like looking back to what's happened in your life and what are the positive as- aspects of that? And what are the things that I think there's even things in our lives that when we get older, it's the things that we say, well, I'm, I'm never going to do that as a dad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And either a, you actually do start doing that because you realize <laughs> you realize why your parent used to do that. Yep. Or, yep. or, um, like maybe because that happens, something good came out of that. Those mm. are possible too. Some things, sure, maybe like I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that at all, type thing. But yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Like it, it's undeniable that you've turned out the way you are because of the experiences you've had. Yeah, and yeah. so to say, like, well, this wasn't good for me. That's you know, there are things that are objectively not good for you. I want to put sure. like, I want to be yeah, clear on that, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying like, there's some things in life where maybe if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't be the way you are now. Yeah. 
it, I mean, that's and that's always, you know, kind of a a point in the bucket of the importance of self knowledge and and knowing how to be introspective and knowing how to understand more about yourself, and and I will say that that gets maybe for some, as I've heard, it gets easier with time. Like you know, we're in our mid thirties now, and and those sorts of things of being able to kind of look inside, those are skills that you know, we've kind of built up over, over time and not everybody has those skills. You know, I know people who are in their mid thirties and they're not as, uh, skilled as maybe they could be <laughs> in, you in almost kind of being said ought to be self-aware, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people just lack that self-awareness that, you know, I think is kind of critical, you know, in yeah. life if I do, if I do, uh, put that out there, but yeah, so so I'm interested. You know, when I when I messaged you about this, were there was there anything that immediately came to mind? Like we can get into all of the all of the things, but was there anything that like just really quickly popped into your head? Yeah, actually. Um, what was it? So I thought about. <laughs> I should have just left with that. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I asked a very closed ended question. So now end I, of end of show. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what was it? I thought about my dad and how, well, I, I guess really both of my parents, but specifically I think about my dad a lot because growing up, it was always like, you know, there wasn't a specific path that they necessarily had for me. They were very supportive of different directions that I went and like, do you want to do this? Okay, great. We'll like do a bunch of things to help you go that direction. Do you want to do this? Okay, great. And there was a lot of support there. But I also, like, in thinking about it, I also realized that there was always this underlying practicality to it, which I'm really thankful for. Because it was, I started going down the more creative path, you know, art, design, photography, that kind of stuff. And even though they're very supportive of that, my my dad in particular was very much like, you know, also think about how this... Like, how can this be something that sustains you through life? Like, think about, like, how how do you turn this into a career? How do you turn this into a business? How do you, like, what do you end up doing with this? And, you know, when I was younger, like a teenager, admittedly, sometimes that was like, oh, I don't know, figure it out later, you know. <laughs> but I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that happened because it did make me think about, like, well, okay, uh, I want to do this thing. Like, what are the what are the practical aspects of it? I don't feel like I ever fell into the, which I saw with a lot of people, especially in like the design industry where they had these hopes and dreams. And like, you've seen this Corey, I know because we worked with a lot of people who were designers, like yeah. these hopes and dreams and aspirations of like, well, I'm just going to make a lot of good work and, and everything's just going to work out fine. And there wasn't this <laughs> yeah. like, there wasn't this concept of like, okay, if you're actually wanting to make this, and we talked about this in a previous episode, like you don't have to make everything a business. You don't have to make yeah. everything a career, but if that's what you're wanting to do, if that's where you're trying to go, then there has to be some level of practicality to it of thinking like, well, how could I like make something of this? You know, how could I actually sustain myself with this? And I attribute a lot of that to how things, how things went when I was growing up, there was a lot of support, but also a lot of like, nudges in the right direction of not just dreaming, but also understanding like what those dreams mean for the future. Was there like a, a practical application that you found 
in those early years or did it only kind of manifest itself as you kind of started pursuing a career? I mean, admittedly, I was, uh, I guess I'd say I was a, a late bloomer <laughs> okay. in the like, uh, understanding practical concepts of things like, so like last year, it's just like clicked. Not last year, but like, yeah, probably. I mean, honestly, within the past, I'll say 10 years, a little bit less, that's really developed for me, like a lot of understanding, okay, here's how I could go about things in a, in a practical way and not just like this concept that doesn't really have any anchors to Mm. like, yeah, I think, I think I've more developed that in the past 10 years or so. And I've been a little bit more like practical. I've been more okay with getting into like, you know, the numbers and the whatever, like (laughs) the stuff that I used to think was super boring. I've been okay with getting into that because it helps me fuel my creative work. And yeah, like, I don't know. I just, that's, I don't know if that really answers your question, but. Well, my question was what did something first pop into your head and yeah, and I it, and so yeah, I think yes, answer the question. What about you though? Like, did anything? Did what brought this to your mind? Was there something that a specific thing you thought of? It, I don't know that it was a specific thing that I thought of beforehand, but I have noticed myself thinking a lot about the ways that I'm I'm talking to the girls these days, and you know, like there's. It's funny because there's a lot of lessons that come out of watching your children play video games and the girls get, you know, a, a limited time every day to do screen time during the week. They get like 30 minutes each, like during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, we usually, they can usually a bit longer, you know, watch a movie or some screen time equivalent of a movie and, um, you know, on on each of the weekend days and things like that. So, we, you know, we and it fluctuates here and there, but that's kind of like the the base level that we have them at right now. And and so they've been, you know, really getting into different things and finding more interest in the in that kind of stuff. Um like figuring out how to get better at Mario Kart or figuring out how to get better at, you know, Super Mario Wonder. That's the new one that my youngest has been playing recently. Um and it's kind of been it's been really fun watching them just do like Animal Crossing for a while and being like moderately okay at that and then starting these other games that they, when they started, they were like terrible, which is like everybody, right? When you first start a, a video game, you're just terrible at it. And then slowly get better over time. And that's really exciting to see because it's not just about getting better at a video game. Like there's all of these little micro things that are happening uh, and and values and things that they're that they're learning. And, and so I've been realizing that I'm teaching life lessons as we talk about these things. This is just one example. It's not like we're, it's the only way that I teach my children, but... You know, one of the recent ones is, you know, thinking about winning and losing. Um, This wasn't necessarily a value I had been thinking about a lot, but, you know, it obviously feels bad to lose. But one of the, you know, one of the childhood values that was kind of placed in me was, guess what? You lose some time. And, you know, know, I know a lot of people like crap on the idea of participation trophies and, oh, everybody in the team got one. I, I don't really care about that. Like, I don't. I don't think it devalues anything and I don't really think it's an interesting conversation. But what I do think is interesting is t- the conversation surrounding it. Like if you just hand somebody a thing, sure. 
But like if you hand somebody a thing and you talk about, hey, in life, yada, 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 and you introduce a piece of values um, or some kind of value within that or some kind of lesson. And, and lessons that I learned growing up was you lose a lot. <laughs> and, you win, and you win some and you lose some. Win some, lose some, win a lot or you lose a lot. Usually it was like you lose a lot and you win some. You just have to make sure that things you're winning are worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've just been thinking about that kind of thing of, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an, losing is an important skill to learn as long as you're doing it well. If you're losing well and you're, you know, not being a sore loser and you're not just sitting there going like, oh, I have to win everything, you know, um, because I don't think that that's like wildly healthy. And so that's just one of the values like, in, you know, that was instilled in me. But the thing that when I asked you the question, actually the one that kind of came up to me was the idea of quality. Because as a kid, um, my my dad used to have a phrase that we all hated, <laughs> I would just say. And, th- you know, usually you can kind of look back at stuff and then go, "Is did I hate it because I it was dumb or bad or did I hate it because I, you know, was just a kid and I was like, whatever. But one of the things he used to say was he used to um, use the phrase Miller quality. Uh, and like the things that Millers do, Millers do well. Like that was the, that was the value. I, I don't know if you ever said those exact words, but that was the value of, you know, if the Millers are going to, I don't know, build a bonfire, it's going to be the best bonfire you ever saw. Or if they're going to build a house, it's going to be the best house you ever built. And, and a lot of that also kind of came through, um, you know, starting from a, a young age, I used to go to my dad uh, with my dad to the job site. Um, he was a general contractor at the time. And so we would go and I would like, initially I would go with him and I'd ha- we were homeschooled. And so I'd bring like my school books and I'd sit in the truck or in the tr- on the truck bed or something like that. And then do a bunch of school and pretend to do school. <laughs> and then I'd go in and, and watch my dad do work uh, or I'd help him and, you know, he'd help me get the tools and have me paint. And like, you know, that became more intricate over time. But one of the things I remember was my dad placing a lot of emphasis on on doing things well, even when people couldn't see it, you know, this was, it was a high value for him. Like we would be, you know, we'd put up, if, if you've never, if you're listening to this, you've never like built a house or done remodeling or anything like that. Um, when you're putting up a wall, typically inside of the wall, you run cables and wires and electricity and things like that. And then you end up covering those, that frame, whatever that is in studs or or whatever, um, the wood, you cover it with drywall or with plaster and whatever, and you can't see what's in there. So theoretically, you could just like run wires in there and just have it like looking however, because it's going to get covered up anyways, you know? Um, but he would really emphasize that things looked good and, and, and were, you know, put in place correctly, uh, before we put the wall up and, and his emphasis was like, even if someone can't see it, you'll know that you did good work. And, and then also if there is a remodel and they have to come in here and look at all the stuff, like they're going to be introduced, like you're, they're going to see something that they can work with and understand and, and it's going to look good, you know, it's, and it was sort of like a calling card, I guess, for him. And, and, you know, we would take apart walls and houses of, you know, things that we were doing remodels of, it would just be all this trash and like people who just like were doing things really cheaply and, and he really wanted to do things really well. Uh, But it was especially on like even when other people won't see it and and i and i really i really value that value of it's not just about like trying to do things perfectly or trying to do things like the best you know because i'm 
I'm well aware with this world enough. Like I've been in this world enough to know it's never, it's almost never going to be exactly what you want it to be. You know, like the best of the yeah. best of the best. It's never going to be perfect. And, uh, and I'm not a perfectionist. My, my wife and my oldest daughter are. And so, you know, I've got to deal with those challenges of life, <laughs> but you know, but it's, it's, it's about like, Hey, can you be proud of a thing that no one will ever see or acknowledge like this, is the hidden stuff, you know? And I think about that now, like when I write code for my job, um, it's really easy to write sloppy code and to write code that just is purely functional. Cause a computer doesn't care like what style you write your code. In. It doesn't, it doesn't care. Anything that you do with how code looks is for other humans. It has nothing to do with how a computer reads the code. Um, and so, and so there's a, but there's a, a part of me that has kind of like, it's built in there somewhere of, you know what, you know, maybe one person might read this, but like, even if nobody reads this code, I want to be proud of it and I want it to be good quality, whatever it is. So that was the first thing that I thought of when I asked you the question, I was like, what is it, what is the value that kind of got popped into me as a kid and, um, and still is kind of sticking around. So that was, yeah, that was one of them. I really like that. That's really insightful. My dad was always like very much, he was, he's simple. I say was like, he's, he's still around. I don't yeah, <laughs> yeah, say what. It was as a kid. When what, I was, was when you younger, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he would <laughs> always, you know, tell me, I don't know that it was ever a spoken thing, but it was very much a mm. similar thing. Like we'd work on a project and it would take, you know, your kid, you're like, oh, let's, let's do the project. Let's get it done. And it takes what feels like five times longer, mm. but it's because it was done right. It was done the way it should be done. And sometimes you, you kind of sit there and look at it and you're like, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna care if this is done right. right. You know, but there was this like, just, like, uh, like pride in, in the work, you know, like a, a mm. care for the work, what you're describing, but it wasn't ever really communicated that way. Yeah. But I, yeah. I really like that. I like how you're, I like the idea of like, if nobody ever sees it, then it's still yeah. good. Or, or what if one person one day sees it, like, what will they think? And, and what, or what will their experience be? You know, like taking apart a house and then you're like, take off a wall and you're like, wow, this is just the worst <laughs> you know? like and, and so i you know i think about that when you know in, in particular for that particular value of like how am i communicating that to my kids because i think i lean a lot into it doesn't have to be perfect it just needs to be done you know the classic age-old done is better than perfect you know but also being like well don't be don't be lazy you know it's not just about getting the thing done it's about doing something that you're proud of or excited about or, or something that makes you feel fulfilled, especially with creativity, right? Like, and, and, and so many of those things, like, like those values, like they, they turn out in different ways, depending on what you're talking about. Like done is better than perfect for washing the dishes. Yeah, let's go. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's fine. Yeah. Let's get the yeah. dishes done. Like it doesn't need to be a thing, but like a, a painting that you're working on or something you're doing for your job or, you know, I don't know any number, like there's different ways that that can kind of manifest itself into that, that value can kind of show itself. And, and it doesn't feel as straightforward as just saying, Hey, do good quality stuff. 
You know, like you can't just say that to a kid and be like, oh, yeah, well, we're good now. <laughs> like, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're good with, you know, their understanding of this. It's like, it, it's, and it's interesting that you also bring that up too, because so many times these values are not just like said to us, it's, mm-hmm. it's shown or it's just kind of this innate thing that someone's like, hey, you know, um, Here's the thing, the the way that I'm living my life, and I think it's pretty neat, and I invite you along on that journey, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to start seeing some of the things, like not to get too much into current or future, but it's interesting to see some of the things that that I'm doing start to be reflected. That's mm. That's kind of interesting to me because on the topic of video games, like we've played video games together, and she like when she first started, she'd get really frustrated. Like she mm. would want to do a thing and she couldn't do the thing. And she'd get upset about it. And then she'd be upset that she didn't win. And so I just kept saying, like, it's not about winning, it's just about trying your best. Like, just try your mm-hmm. best. That's all like even if you can't do it yet, that's okay. Like, it's just a game. And and now that she's a little bit older, like I that's it's stuck, which is really interesting. Because sometimes we'll be doing something and I'm like, oh, I just really want to finish. Like, you know, I'll kind of get frustrated yes. with it. I'm like, yes. oh, I wanted to finish that. Like, I wanted to yeah. do it. Why can't I do it? And she's like, I know what you're going to say. She, she just like leans over. She's like, Daddy, it's just a game. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. A game. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> it's so true, dude. It's my yeah. kids do this exact same thing. Exact same thing where I'll be there like, I'm. Uh, work on this one freaking level for so long and they're just, it's just a game dad it's okay dad it's it's, it's fine it's fine you don't yeah yeah <laughs> and you feel you very said, convicted you're like yeah, yeah i shouldn't well, be this frustrated well, over. I, I, yeah or i just go like hey you know what it this is i take that and i go you're right it is just a game but you know what is else you know the other thing that's important is not quitting and i don't want to quit on this i think i can get it i'm getting better every time i've been practicing at it and i'm going to give it one more go you know, and then if I close out the time and I know I don't beat it, then that's another way of like, you know, instilling some kind of a value of like, you know what, I didn't get it, but maybe I'll get it next time. Or I didn't get it and, you know, that's okay. Maybe I never will, but, you know, I'm doing my best while I can. Yeah. I, I just yeah. love that you said that because they've totally turned the tables on me in those ways. <laughs> I've been like, Dad, it's okay. You don't, you don't, it's fine. It's, you know, it, same sort of thing actually when, um, what was it? Uh, I'll 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 trim this down. Oh, right. So same similar sort of a thing, you know, as it pertains to stuff. You know, we've tried to be pretty like to to toe the line between take really good care of your things and it's just a thing. You know, like if something breaks, guess what? In most cases, it's replaceable. And if it's not, I love you more than I loved that thing. You know. And, um, and so it's been, so that's an interesting kind of a, a tightrope to walk at times because you want to, you know, I want, we want to train our kids to like take good, good care of the stuff, especially things that have been given to them. Like this is an important, this was a gift or like, just, you know, take care of your stuff. It, it will last longer and, you know, you get good quality things and yada, yada. But then also like if it breaks, things break you know, stuff breaks. It's, it's okay. You know, and there have been times when, you know, as we've said that to them because they got really scared that they were going to get in trouble because they broke a thing. And we've been like, Hey, it's just a, it's just a thing, you know, it's like important, but it, 
maybe it was important, but it's not as, it's not as important. Like, it's okay. And then there'll be times where I'll break something on accident and they'll be like, it's okay, dad. It's just a thing. It's replaceable. <laughs> you know, the same, it's the same kind of concept. I love that. On that topic, like you are right that there's a line to be towed there for sure. Um, it's tricky. It's really tricky. One interesting thing, I'm not saying I have it all figured out, but one interesting thing <laughs> to me has been if that happens, I realized kind of early on that like that would happen and what you're saying, it's like something gets broken or something gets messed up and it's like, it's okay, we'll get another one, you know. Well, then like as she started growing up, I've realized she's like, it's almost this it's almost turned into more of like a complacency, not a complacency, yeah. but like a, mm-hmm. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We'll it's just, fine. we'll one. just get, we'll just get in one. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so I started like things that are not like essential. They're not like super important, you know, like things that are just a nice to have type thing. If they get yeah, broken yeah. or they get messed up, like sometimes it's like, well, we can't go get another one. Like right. it's, it's just gone. Like, <laughs> You yeah. know, that that's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to do that, honestly, because I just want to replace it for her and make yeah. her feel good. But I think there's something to be learned there of like, totally, you know, you can't just always go replace the thing. Like you can't right. just always go buy it, but it's still okay. Like you're, you know, you, maybe it was an accident, but like that thing is gone now. Like you just have to yeah. be a little bit more careful. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are hard that, lessons to teach, though. It those really are is. so hard. It's really, it's really hard because you know you you're like, I could go buy another fifteen dollar, fifteen euro thing. Like that's not the problem. But all that teaches in that moment, anyway. In some cases, that ah, just throw your stuff around. It's fine. We'll just get a new one. You know. And um, I will say some of that has gotten a little bit easier as the girls have had their own money. Like we started giving them an allowance last year and. And so as they have at times have, you know, done things, I've been like, okay, well, you could, you could buy yourself a new one. They're like, oh, how much is that? And I'm like, it's like 30 euro. And they're like, oh, that's like all of my money. I'm like, yeah, well, why you shouldn't have broken it, <laughs> you know, but giving them also an opportunity of being like, you know, this is something that was gifted to you. And if you'd like a replacement or like a new one, you can use your money. And that's actually given them, you know, a little bit more of a respect for, their things and, and not in a way that's like, okay, I'm, I'm never going to play with stuff or, or use things, but just being like, okay, if I use this in a way that damages it, then someone's going to have to pay for it. And that like concept of paying for something is starting to settle in a little bit more than when they were kids. Cause when they're kids, when they're like young, they're like, they don't really care. But what they feel at that age is like, why didn't we just get another one? You know, because in in the past you've been like, oh, your sippy cup fell. Let me get you a new sippy cup. You know, you bring it over or whatever. Yeah. And, but yeah, I I think that that's it's yeah. But you're right. You're right that I'm right. <laughs> that you're right that I'm right. That these are kind of some of these are 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 tougher lessons to to communicate. But what then again within that is like trying to figure out what is the value of the things that we own. You know, um, my this is actually something that I've wanted to change because even within all of that quality talk, I didn't feel like my parents really helped to instill the value of caring for things. Um, Mm. I I felt like we were all very lackadaisical about stuff. And not even that we just got replaced, but we were just like, whatever, you know? Um, Yeah. 
and and you know if, if CDs would just get left out and I don't know things wouldn't get like cleaned deeply like deeply and and then they would like fall apart and then they would have to really get cleaned out and um you know at, yeah at one point in our moving around the world we we moved a lot from like Washington to California and and at one point there were just boxes out on the back porch under like an awning but there was just boxes of stuff back there cuz we didn't have store we didn't have any space we were like it was a small house and a big family and and the stuff that was in there just kind of like rotted over time you know and and it didn't really feel like there was a real big value instilled in like one caring for the stuff and two thinking about the long-term gift of having things can can bring you know like I remember when I was growing up my dad had a box of his like childhood stuff and I don't know where that box is anymore I, it may be destroyed I think that maybe there's a couple of things that are left but um I loved as a kid playing with my dad's old like childhood stuff you know it was cool it was like I wore his boy scout outfit and like a he had a, like a beret and there was like I don't know just the uniform and things in there and so I think about that now because as a kid I didn't really think about saving stuff and now I just have one small box of like childhood things and I'm like ah I really wish I would have saved more stuff so I could show my kids what it was like for me to be their age you know and so yeah. that's something that I'm trying to change now and being like hey like these things can last longer if you take good care of them and then you can bring them on into your future if you want to it you know that can be your choice but it requires some some work you know yeah that's like Honestly, there's, I think there's a middle ground. Maybe we're, maybe we're on opposite ends or we start on <laughs> okay. opposite ends at least. Cause I was like overly precious with my things. Mm. Like I don't remember a time in my life where one of my toys was like broken or like I was very meticulous with my We stuff. are on opposite ends then. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I remember I'd go to people's like, you know, you go over a friend's house and they've got like some toy and it just gets like demolished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what, like, why would they do that? And like, but the downside of that is that as you get older, I think that turns into like, I'm very precious about a lot of things. Mm. And so it's hard for me to get rid of stuff. Like mm. I have stuff from forever ago that I'm not going to use again, but it's like, well, I've kept it. It's in good shape. Like, it could still be used for something <laughs> and like yeah, right. there probably is nothing it's going to be used for. There probably is no purpose <laughs> yeah. to keep this thing here, but I do. And then I regret it. Like I just, I start building up more and more stuff and I'm, I've been trying to be a little bit more like, let's get rid of mm. like this stuff is causing clutter. It's causing like unneeded anxiety in my life because sure. it's here and it's like just, I wish you could see this room, Corey, like behind the scenes. <laughs> it, it looks great on camera. <laughs> no, this room, like it, it is full of mm. stuff that I'm trying to like clean out of a closet that's behind me that you can probably see yeah, the door yeah. open for. And yeah. that that's like, it's just stuff. It's just like a ton of stuff. Yeah. So I ended up with just tons of stuff that's all in good condition that I don't want to get rid of. <laughs> that you also don't use anymore or don't think about. Exactly. So then, but, but I guess there's also a piece there where you're like trying to figure out, okay, maybe there are things that I do want to keep, but be like being mindful about that. And, and, you know, maybe that's on both sides of where we're coming from. 
is being mindful about this stuff and not just being like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of stuff that I have, so I'm just going to chuck it. Or I must keep everything because when I was a kid, we didn't keep anything. And so now I'm accumulating. You know, I, I feel like there's, especially in the last like five to six years, I've started to accumulate more. And, you know, the, the years of COVID didn't help because I didn't have anything else to do but get more stuff, <laughs> which was just so dumb. But, yeah. um, you know, and I've got books that I've never read sitting over here on my uh, my bookshelf. And I don't know. So, uh, yeah, but I, I find myself trying to figure out what is what's the value there then to, to pass on to my kids of caring for their things, um, treating them well, but also using them. You know, like it, it reminds you as you were talking about that, I was thinking about in, you know, in Toy Story 2 where Woody gets picked up by the collector and he's like this, you know, one of a kind doll from back in the whenever's the forties or the sixties or whatever. And, um, and so he gets put behind glass and like, that's okay. Woody's now going to be behind glass and people will look at him. It'll be really exciting, but like he's a toy and he wants to go be played with. And that was, you know, Andy was the one who played with Woody. And, and I, I just, I, I was thinking about that cause I was like, well, I can kind of see both sides, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like play with the toy but also like you know keep it in good condition and like repaint the foot and like make sure that the the hat's on straight you know <laughs> like i i don't know i just see i see both of that so i i think that yeah it's it, it's just interesting to kind of think about like what what is it that i want to teach my kids about the things that they have to teach them the value of um caring for the things around them you know because that also is not just about like we're talking a lot about stuff but that also kind of that's it starts with stuff, but it also carries on to people and to animals and to the planet and nature and all of these things like the stuff, the things around us, you know, how are we caring for our environment or our community? Because it all starts with, well, just use and abuse and then just like, you know, move when it's all broken down or, you know, don't go out in it because it's, it's, you need to keep it like per perfect and you need to keep yourself perfect. You know, I don't know. There's maybe not the perfect analogy, but when you think about thinking more deeply about those things, I, I think there's, you know, you, you know, we say middle ground, but I, I think it's just like the, it goes back to that awareness stuff, right? Like how yeah. are we interacting with the things that we have and the things that we buy and the people around us? Um, and how is that also impacting us? Like you even mentioned, I've got these boxes. It's giving me anxiety. Like, okay, well you could keep the boxes, but you just got to know you're paying a a price for that. So being mindful and understanding what all, where those feelings are coming from. Th those are also things to be taught. You know what I found when I was cleaning out this closet, Corey? I'm really excited for you to tell me. This, this is probably embarrassing. I thought no, it was like kind of so cool, excited. but it's also a little ask, bit of, I was going to ask yeah. you anyways. <laughs> I found the box, including the paperwork packaging, all of it, for my very first Mac that I bought in like 2005, I think. <laughs> that's super cool. I don't know, it's dude. It's cool, that's but kinda... like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's something. I've, that's kind of cool. I don't know. It's, it gets cool. Yeah, like eventually it's cool because you're like, wow, you kept this junk around for <laughs> 20 years. Wow. It's, it, it gets to that point where you're like, man, this is like really cool stuff I could sell on eBay because someone's going to be like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Selling nostalgia. Ooh, that's like, a, that is a great name for a song. I should write that down. Selling nostalgia. 
Selling nostalgia. I'm legitimately going to write that down. Nice. No one steal that from me. What What's another thing that you have? Just just one more. One more thing that you found. Uh, oh, man. What else? <laughs> I don't know what else. There's like boxes for things. That's a common thing for me. I'll keep the box for something yeah. that I think is valuable. And it's it's not. Just like um, the container of the thing? Yeah. Yeah. See, I do that, but only for things I think I'm going to sell again. <laughs> Case in point. Well, I do that I too, actually, but then I never sell anything. I'm actually selling guitar pedals right now, and I'm really thankful that I kept the original boxes that I got them in. Well, original, oh, they're all secondhand. I don't think I bought any of them new. They're all like, it's kind of this kind of cool subculture of the guitar world, the gear world is just like, you get something, you use it, and then when you don't want it anymore, you sell it, and you like pass it on, and... And so each pedal kind of is having this story, which is kind of cool. But anyways, now I'm really thankful I kept those boxes because now it's like, oh, well, I, you know, put this in. This is, we're get, getting a little bit off topic here, but I just, I don't know. I so think if you like to buy Corey's pedals, go yeah. <laughs> visit my reverb shop. If you'd like to buy Kyle's box. <laughs> if you'd like to buy boxes from me, yeah. I found like old studio lights from forever ago that I paid like next to nothing for. Oh, they're in perfect condition, (laughs) but I paid next to nothing for them and they're worth far less now. Yeah. Why do I have? Why do you have them? I don't know. It's a thing for me, Corey. I'm like, well, they're in perfect condition. They still work. Okay. So then let me, let me, as we're getting to the end of our time here. Okay. So thinking about that, I know we, we kind of just talked about a couple of these, uh, these values, but, I would love to kind of transition a bit into as we're thinking about the values that were kind of instilled into us, what are ways that we can kind of identify those or maybe ways that you're identifying those and, and wanting to, to teach better to your, to your kid. Um, I, I don't know if that's like the, a good question, but I don't know. It's sort of like, what's, what's the, what's the play at this point? Like, how are we taking those things and either deciding whether it's a value that we want to pass on or one that we want to kind of like change or completely curb? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one for me is like, I would like to, there's a certain degree of that that I want to keep, but not to the point of like being overly precious about your things. Yeah. And I'm already seeing that a little bit in our daughter and I'm kind of like, I, I want to help. Cause she just, she has toys. She gets toys from grandparents. She gets toys from whoever, from us. Like she has a lot of toys already and it's like, it's time to get rid of some so we can have new yeah. ones. And that is just like such a hard concept for her already of like, well, I don't want to get rid of any of them. I like all of them. I've taken care of all of them. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah but if you want more, like it's, it's something that's been kind of like, uh, introspective for me as well of like, okay, well I'm the same way. Like I don't want to get rid of my stuff. I need to start getting rid of stuff. (laughs) I can talk (laughs) to her about getting rid of stuff, you know? Um, and it's not like a, I don't know. I feel like when I talk about this, it sounds like a hoarder thing. Like I have tons of stuff in my house, but it's more so like (laughs) stuff that I value. Like, yeah. Stuff that I paid something for that I feel like I put some investment into. I I try to keep that stuff good and I try to like keep it around. Yeah. So I would say that that quality, like my dad has some of that too, of like wanting to keep stuff that still it's still in good shape. Let's keep it. Yeah. Um 
And I, I kind of want to like help my daughter move out of that a little bit so that she's not just like clinging on to things yeah, yeah. forever. We, we do a thing. Um, well, it's relatively new. I was, I threatened them that I was going to put a moratorium on grandparents giving them new stuff because I was like, I haven't bought you anything new recently and it seems like your room is exploding and this is embarrassing. <laughs> and and so we had what I called the day of reckoning. I, I told them for like a month straight, I'm like, the day of reckoning is at hand. Like, I'm going to come through your room because it's I can't see the floor. I'm going to come through your room. We're going to get bags. We're going to bag all this stuff up. Some of it's going to go in the attic. We're going to figure out what needs to go in the trash because some of it was just like just trash that it was just crap that someone bought them and it's just terrible. And some of them we're going to give to friends or donate or something. And we're going to have a day of reckoning and we're going to figure out the things that you actually love. And, you know, I'd find things that they hadn't thought about in nine months and be like, oh, my favorite notebook. And I'm like, You've, <laughs> it's not. It's not your favorite notebook. They're like, I would have thought about it if I thought about it, you know. And, yeah. But now Melody, she'll come up to me and she'll be like, Dad, I think it's time for another day of reckoning. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Um but it's so so there was that there's so there was almost like this quiet threat of like well you're kind of at the max you know you're at the max of what i'm going to allow you to have and i'm going to tell other people not to give you other stuff you know as much as they might kick and scream about it and then just be like hey and that, and cuz that also teaches a bit about like the the concept of recycling and and giving to others and and you know thinking about those who don't have as much as us and 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 that's so that's kind of a value that we wanted to kind of teach and um and then because when because when they were younger we would actually do a thing where they would have they didn't have as much but we would like cycle it in and out of the attic so we'd like mm -hmm. they'd have you know kind of like summer stuff and then we would put that in the attic and they'd have like winter stuff and that was kind of nice to have them have this like cycle of stuff um and then we didn't have to feel we didn't feel like it we had to get them new things because it was like, oh, I, you know, they're good. They, you know, it feels new because it's whatever. But, um, I don't know. I maybe that's not, you know, the the best version of it. But I, I also think that you know, and, and we'll wrap up here. But I think that it's it's cool to continue talking about it and to think about it because it's like, what are the things that, as I say this stuff. Um, you know, there's sometimes there's a fear of like, am I saying these things and I'm going to completely screw up my kid, or is it like, you know, maybe it's just like a fine thing, but maybe it's just part of the being self-aware that, you know, as, as parents, we're just like, I just need, I just need to make sure, I just need to make sure that I'm, I'm being self-aware in what I'm teaching, communicating to my kid with the words and without the words, you know, and with actions and all that. Yeah. Well, I would love to continue talking with you about this because I think I would love to, like, maybe we should do part two and keep talking about values because it's like really fascinating to me. But um, I know you've got a thing to jump to. You're doing another podcast, which is like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Feels a little bit like you're cheating Pretty on me. Pretty popular today, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but I'll let you jump off. So, um, hey, thanks so much for listening. And if you would like to, uh, to listen to more, you can go to dadmade.co slash listen and you can hear the full you can find the full archive there and, you know, links to things like Spotify and Apple Music or podcasts or whatever. And you can put the RSS feed into Overcast and like all of this stuff. So you can go to dadmade.co. You can find all of that there. You can find me on Twitter, I guess, at Corey D.H. Miller. But I really don't like using it much these days anymore again, which, I, you know, I just am an old man, dude. I don't, I don't have time for all that. 
Anyways, Kyle, where can people go to find you if they want to say hello? You can find me at creatorglue.com. Just going to leave it there. If you want to find my social links, they're there. So nice. creatorglue.com. I'm into it. Well, Kyle, I really enjoyed the show. Me Good too. show. Good show. Got this nice, creamy outro music now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Bye. Bye. feels like such a better like sign off for the moment of recording fantastic yeah you know it just is like okay yeah i got some closure and i can like just hang up on you <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs>